Mac Power Users, episode 497, Spotlight, Alfred, and LaunchBar. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Stephen Hackett. How you doing, Stephen? Hey, David. How are you? Excellent. Uh, today, we've got a show plan that we've been thinking about for some time. Uh, these keyboard launchers, we both use them, but you're a big Alfred user. I'm a big LaunchBar user. There's always spotlight getting better in the background. I thought it was time that on the show, we kind of went through those big three players and talked deeply about keyboard launchers on your Mac. This is a big topic, and it's one that, uh, like I said, we've been working on for a while. We <laughs> we made each other use the, the opposite person's yeah. launcher for like a week and a half, which totally just broke me. Like, <laughs> I'm so used to Alfred. I want to hear about that because there are big differences. But but before we do, we got a couple uh, preliminary announcements. First, a, a reminder about the newsletter, getting lots of nice feedback on that newsletter. So if you'd like to get a newsletter in your box every day when MPU publishes with the show notes and the links and maybe a couple other little bits and nuggets. One of the things I've been doing with the last couple is I'll put a little teaser about next week so you get a hint about what's coming Mm -hmm. We're going to have some more fun with it. We haven't figured it all out yet. But if you're interested, there's a link in the uh, show notes here to sign up for that newsletter. This, of course, is the month of August, Relay FM Membership Month. You can learn more at relay.fm slash membership. We sell ads on the shows. And that's the, the bulk of the income that David and I make on this. But the membership really is a huge part of it as well. And so if you are a member, thank you so much for your support over the years. If you're not a member and you're curious about it, it comes with a bunch of perks. You get access to a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter and a monthly podcast that I host with various other Relay hosts, so people who don't normally work together, I drag them together and we talk about something. And then in the month of August and September, bonus episodes of every single show come out. And so for MPU, David and I drafted Apple hardware. So our favorite Macs or most important Macs, other Apple hardware. It was a lot of fun. I think you would really enjoy it. So you can learn more at relay.fm slash membership. Or if you want to support this show, you go to relay.fm slash MPU, and there's a, an option to select your level of membership Thank you so much for your support of Mac Power Users. Uh, I've had a couple of people ask me about Keyboard Maestro. They just came out with version 9. Uh, I will be updating the Keyboard Maestro field guide. It will be a free update. Uh, I'm just neck deep right now in finishing the automators, the new auto, auto I'm sorry, I'm neck deep in finishing the new series shortcuts uh, video. And that's going to keep me busy for... Another couple of weeks, but once that's done, I'm going to dig in on the Keyboard Maestro Field Guide, and I have ordered a Stream Deck, so I'm going to uh, have lots to say about some of those fun new features in Keyboard Maestro Field Guide, so just hang in there. Yeah, the Stream Deck looks super cool, so it's basically a box with a bunch of light-up buttons on it, and then you can tie those now to Keyboard Maestro Actions as triggers. So I, I imagine yeah. uh, because you're you you're going to have eventually like six of these and like everything you do in your computer is just all done with just like a single button. I, I just bought the big one, man. I bought the 32 <laughs> button one. I just jumped oh, straight boy. to the end. I, just <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to put something on my desk, it might as well have all the buttons. Sure. I, it, the the it idea that great. it has a cord coming out the back was a real problem for me, but I've decided where I'm going to, I'm going to put it underneath my iMac. Cause you know, I have it on a, 
on a stand. I mean, not on a stand, but on an arm. So I can put it right in front of the arm and I can reach it there and then I won't see the cord. But yeah, I mean, like one of the things I was just thinking about when I ordered it is like all my setups, you know, because I have all these setups where I can jump to podcast mode or jump to lawyer mode. I can put some of those on buttons. I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about how you like that because I've eyeballed that for a while, but really just because it lights up and looks cool. <laughs> so uh, yeah. if you if you turn it into like a, a big part of your workflow, I'm really interested to hear about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with if you can tie that to anything you do in Keyboard Maestro, it suddenly becomes a lot more useful. But Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to cover that in the update to the field guide, but eh, that's coming. So just give me a little time. But short, Shortcuts has uh, got its boot on my neck right now. And, mm-hmm. of course, Apple, as we record this, Apple still has not put the automations back in. So I'm doing all sorts of tricks to get around. I've got, I've got a bunch of them in my um, spreadsheet here that just say beta blocked. I can't do anything. Yeah, it's, a, it's a rough beta cycle this time around. Yeah, uh, but hopefully soon. So we're going to talk about uh, keyboard launchers or app launchers. or the, uh, This kind of a great, there's not a great name for this category. But they are great. They are great tools, though. I mean. Absol- absolutely. I mean, it for me, and we're going to get into this and how we use these, like Alfred, a, a laptop or a desktop Mac without Alfred feels a little bit broken to me because I'm so used to do customizing and doing things. Yeah. And it's a, it's a part of, it's been a part of the sort of Mac OS, Mac OS 10 experience for a long time. Like I'm sure a lot of people remember Quicksilver, which is actually still around, but it really had its heyday like years and years ago as sort of the first major like third party app launcher, keyboard launcher type deal. But, um, you know, Apple's in the game too with Spotlight, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Sort of set the stage with Spotlight, and then talk about these alternatives. The very first screencasts I ever made were Quicksilver screencasts. Whoa! Oh man! I love that app so much. At one point, I had done some crazy nonsense in the terminal and disabled Finder, and I ran my whole Mac off Quicksilver. Wow! It was just, I think, just to prove a point. I guess. I do you remember the Quicksilver Cube interface? Yeah, it would like rotate around as you walk through steps in an action. Yes, I loved it so much. Yeah. Nobody has done that. Man, I would love that so much if they did that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that was a great app. It was a great app. Man, you just got me all sad that it's uh, fallen from grace. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by SaneBox. You want to talk about automation, gang, you need to apply automation to your inbox. And you can do that with SaneBox. SaneBox learns what email is important to you and filters out what isn't, saving you hours. The way that works is you've got your inbox, but you've also got your Sane Later folder, or you can create other ones if you want. For instance, I have one called Sane Feedback. And SaneBox will look at everything as it comes into your inbox. Now, it's not creepy. They're just looking at the subject line and the sender. They're not looking at the body. And then they sort that for you. So the stuff that's not as important can get put into a different box. It allows you to stay sane. Before I started using SaneBox years ago, I would wake up in the morning and I would just dread opening my email because I'd get in there. There'd be like 80 messages or something. I know for some of you, that's like you're laughing like 80. You got 300. I know. But 
I'd have all these messages and it was just too much for me to process. And most of them were junk and a few of them weren't. And you had to like sort through all the junk to get to the good stuff. Well, with SaneBox, I wake up and I've got, you know, somewhere between five and 10 emails in my box and they're all the important ones. And all the other junk is sorted out into other boxes that I may or may not go through later. So it's just great to have somebody it's like having your own little email assistant figure out what's good and bad and sorting them out for you and the fact is it works they do such a good job they pay attention to how fast you respond to email and they know you know the ones that are more important to you it works with all kinds of email programs and services so if you're like me and you're jumping around on ios between different mail apps you get those same box features to follow you wherever you want and one of the things i really like is it gives me things in apple mail that apple mail doesn't have like the ability to put into a later box you know they have sane later which gives you deferred email the same black hole they got this great snooze feature where you can defer events until the next business day or the weekend sane reminders is crazy so when you send an email if i send an email to steven and i blind copy it to one week at sanebox.com and steven doesn't reply to me in a week it gives me a reminder tells me hey he sent that thing to Steve and he didn't reply. That allows me to avoid trying to track that stuff in OmniFocus or some other task manager. They've got various plans starting as low as $4 a month and there's a 14-day free trial. By the way, MPU listeners, they all sign up for this. Everybody that tries it ends up signing up for it because it's just so obvious how useful it is. Uh, but head over to sanebox.com MPU and receive a $25 credit on any plan. And I'll tell you, that's the best discount they give. I told them we want the best for the listeners and they gave it to us 25 bucks off. Um, same uh, MPU listeners love it. You'll love it. Go try it. Samebox.com slash MPU. All right. So let's, uh, let's start with spotlight. It rolled out as part of like Mac OS 10 tiger way, way back as a way to quickly search your Mac. And that was really the, sort of the the early days searching files on your mac of course it sort of became an app launcher because really applications are you know kind of files according to the finder so you can you could back in the day hit command space or hit the little magnifying glass in the menu bar and start typing mail and the email program would pop pop up but over time apple's made it a lot more powerful. They've sort of freed it from the menu bar and now it has its own UI floating in the center of the screen that you can access with the shortcut. And they've added additional like search realms, if you will, to it. So it was just local files and they added file searching for network drives and external drives. But these days it can do a lot more. And it's sort of, I think Spotlight has sort of learned from the third party options where you can do things like search a dictionary, do simple math, which I do this all the time in Alfred. You know, I just, I need to subtract one number from an, another and I just do it really quickly just there. And then I can paste out my results. You can look up movie show times, check the weather. So it's a lot more than just file searching, more than just app launching these days. So if you just type weather, it gives you the weather in a really nicely formatted box. You know, they, they have added a bunch to it. I mean, the thing about Spotlight, when it first started, it was it was kind of horrible. I mean, it was like slow and, mm -hmm. and inconsistent. But over the years, they, they really have added a lot of the kind of things that people would normally want. Uh, Steven talked about uh, quick calculations, but like currency conversion, I think, is, got added in the last one, which is pretty nice. You know, if you just type, if you just go in there and type like dollar sign 10, 
it just immediately gives you the conversion to euros, pounds, Japanese yen, Canadian dollars, and Swiss francs. So they've done a good job with it. Um, but what they haven't done is gone the extra like steps with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's solid. It does the things it does well, but it it's just not quite a power user thing yet. I mean, somebody asked me when I told them I've been, you know, working with Alfred, they said, well, why do you use any of that stuff anymore? Don't you just use Spotlight for everything? And these, the, you know, what Spotlight does is good and it's getting better. Although I'll note that in Catalina, there was no mention of Spotlight. And I don't think they've done much on Spotlight with, for, with Catalina. But there's just so much more as we get through the show, you're going to hear why I really believe. I don't care whether you go for LaunchBar or Alfred. I think you should really try one of these if you're not using them because they go so much further. Yeah. Spotlight is customizable, though. So while it does lack some of the features we're going to talk about, you can control what it does pretty well. It has its own system preference pane, and it has kind of two sections. So you can enable or disable different types of search results. So say, you know, that you want to exclude maybe all PDFs or all music files for some reason. You can go in there and simply uncheck the box and it will leave those results out of your, uh, out of, like sort of out of the system, if you will. They won't, they won't search those anymore. Uh, but you can also set folders or even drives as private, which prevents Spotlight from searching these locations. So basically what you do is you can drag in a folder or a disk from Finder. So I have this set up actually in Spotlight because um, <laughs> be, uh, Alfred uses the Spotlight database, but I have a folder that is generated. Uh, it's in Dropbox, and basically it is a copy of all the show notes of every show ever published to Relay FM, and it's updated anytime someone posts a new episode. It's actually based on like the iOS app that Relay FM has. But there's a ton, it's just text file, so it's really small, but there's tons of noise in there in my search results. And so I, I've, I found that folder in Dropbox, I drug it into this privacy tab, and now Spotlight and Alfred won't look at that folder in my results. And so if you have something that is sort of muddying the waters in your Spotlight results or something that, you know, maybe is a little bit private and you know, it's on your computer and that's fine, but you don't want it easily accessible you can add this to this privacy list. And I think that's a pretty nice feature. That feature has been there a long time, but one I think that a lot of people probably overlook. I think a good example of the difference between Spotlight and some of the apps that we're going to talk about is is a contact card. For instance, if I type Hackett in Spotlight, I'm going to get Steven's contact information. It's displayed very nicely. Um, but let's say I need to give Steven's email to Mike. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do that, I, I search Steven in Spotlight. I see him. But the only thing I can do to get his email address with Spotlight is I have to take the mouse and very carefully align it over the first letter of his email address and then click and drag to cut over, okay, to select it, then hit Command C and then I can go paste it. If I don't get it right, if I miss the first letter, I got to try again. Um, but there's just no easy way without taking my hands off the keyboard and using a very precise mouse movement to get his email address. Where if I'm in Alfred or LaunchBar and I type Hackett, within one or two keystrokes, I can have his email highlighted and, and, and set to the paste buffer. Uh, it's, just, it's just that kind of difference. And it sounds silly, but when you're sending email addresses out once every couple days, 
it really weighs on you that you can't do it faster. That's a good point. And it's, that's something that I, I definitely use all the time is looking at contact information. Uh, one thing that Spotlight does have, though, that these others don't is because it's made by Apple, it is better integrated into some of the other like data repositories on the Mac. So for instance, Notes, uh, the Notes Apple Notes application, you can search for content and titles in Notes via Spotlight. But something like Alfred, what I, which I use, you have to have basically like a, thir- a, a workflow to tell and allow Alfred to like look at that Notes database. So Spotlight generally gets kept up with other Mac OS features, but uh, you know sometimes there's other apps, maybe it takes a little while or maybe you have to do something custom or on your own for it to see those different data sources. So if you're, if you're all in like the Apple ecosystem, if you're not using any of these, Spotlight's, I guess, a good place to start because it has those benefits. But I think to your point, when you are running up against the limitations of Spotlight or you want to do more, then there are a lot of good options to look elsewhere. Yeah. And I guess another kind of introductory point to all of this is none of this is mutually exclusive. So uh, Spotlight by default runs by hitting command space on your keyboard. And I've never changed it. You know, all these years I've been using launch bar. It's just been option space for me because you can, when you, with these other third party apps, you can tell them, you know, what is my triggering key? It doesn't have to be command space. So for the longest time, I've been running command space for Spotlight, option space for Launch Bar. Now I've got command space for Spotlight, option space for Alfred, and control space for Launch Bar. <laughs> I've I've got all three, baby. And since I you know I bought licenses for them, so why not? I'm going to use them all. But the um yeah, but you can you know kind of pick and choose. Like if you want to do something that Spotlight is better at, like I feel like currency conversion. Spotlight wins. I mean, mm-hmm. I tried, I, I installed an Alfred workflow. We'll talk about those later, which is kind of wonky. Um, the getting to work in launch bar isn't that great. In Spotlight, you literally type in a currency and it automatically converts it for you. It's just so easy. Mm-hmm. So there are things that it's better at. I agree. But I also feel like if you're limiting yourself to Spotlight, there's, there's a lot of stuff you could do faster on your Mac without realizing it. Yeah. And I think this the speed of doing things is really what attracts me to this type of application that there are things I do on my Mac that I can do with three or four keystrokes, you know, basically instantly that if I were to use the cursor and like go around to all these other applications and make it work, it would definitely take longer, which is the beauty of automation, right? It's the heart of all of this stuff. But if you have something that you are, you know, wanting to speed up on your Mac, very often these types of applications can do it. You know, they started life as app launchers and file searchers, but they've they've come so much more. Like we said, even Apple's own Spotlight has really moved beyond what it was initially. Yeah, I, I talked to somebody from the Spotlight team this year at WWDC, and I, I raised that issue. I said, you know, you guys do so much, but I feel like you don't make the data accessible very often without taking your hand off the keyboard, you know, and I talked about like the phone number as a good example. Mm -hmm. Like I, so often I need to get a phone number or when I'm, you know, doing something, I need to get an address off a client card and there's just no way to do it on in spotlight without lots of very precise mouse movements. And who wants to do that? It really slows you down. 
And and it's a potential of error because I mean sometimes I do it and I paste it and I realize ah oh, I missed the first letter you know and then it's like you got to go back and figure it Which out. Which is critical in an email address it turns out. Yeah, apparently the the, the email if you leave the first letter <laughs> off it doesn't work. I, I don't know why Weird. that is. It's so strange. Same thing with phone numbers. If you leave the first phone number off, it yeah, just it, doesn't work. It's uh, yeah, it's real precise. It turns out. Yeah. So yeah, th- I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good look at Spotlight. We'll have some some stuff in the show notes, kind of walking through its other features over on Apple's website. Um, there is a neat trick in Spotlight though that I wanted to make sure we covered before we moved on. And this is true in, or it's sort of inherited from Search within Finder that you can use Spotlight to search for specific types of files. So, for instance, if I just typed uh, MPU, you know, I get results that are images, folders, bookmarks, mail messages, events, etc. But if I say, uh, you know, kind colon image and then MPU, then I just get images that contain, you know, MPU in their name. So now I just see some pings, a Photoshop file, and a JPEG, and it is hidden the rest of those things. So you can use Spotlight to drill down to certain file types. And this is really useful, I think, if you have a lot of files that are, you know, maybe for a client or a project, so that they're all named sort of similar things, and you just want to see the, the PDFs or just the keynotes. You can go do that in Finder Search with that with that token system, or you can just do it from the keyboard with Spotlight. I'm not sure when they added this, but it's it's something that can really narrow down your search results really quickly. No, that, that's been there for some time, and that is a feature that very few people use. Um, the other the other cool trick is to sh- if you are in a search, you know, in Spotlight, you're in a search, and you want to go to uh, the location of that file. You just basically have that result selected and you hit command R and it opens a finder window right to that image. You know, very often if you're in spot, you're doing a search and you want you want the file, but then you realize, oh, I actually need to email that file to somebody. Well, some of those other tools make that easier. Spotlight doesn't, but you can bail out to finder with command R and then perform your action on that file uh, from that starting point. And I think that's also a helpful deal if you you not want to open a file because Spotlight's really built around opening files, opening applications. But if you want to do something else with it, this is like a shortcut to get to Finder to get where you need to go. I think I guess the point is Spotlight isn't like a dumpster fire. <laughs> it kind of was in the old Tiger days. I felt like I would run a Spotlight search and it, it felt like it was like manually, like there was somebody at <laughs> Apple that was looking through my file system and then reporting back or something. I don't know what was going on, but it's much faster now and, and it's much more powerful. But I still would argue that these other these other apps are, are worth the investment in time. Me too. Me too. I think all we're saying is Spotlight is is a great place to start if you haven't done any of this before, but you can do a lot more if you're willing to invest in something else. Yeah. And, and the nice thing with Spotlight is it's on every Mac. So if you're away from your Mac, you can still get a lot done with your spotlight chops on a computer that you don't control. Like I sit at my wife's computer to do some maintenance or something. I have to use spotlight. I can get by fine. Yeah. But I just, you know, with, with Alfred or launch bar, I can get so much more done. Well, I'd say that it's time to talk about those. This episode of Mac power users is brought to you by text expander from our friends over at smile. 
We're talking this episode about making the Mac more productive. And for me, Text Expander is a huge part of that conversation because it lets me easily insert text snippets into any application from a central library. And that library of content is created by me, but you can also share it with team members. So at Relay FM, we have a shared Text Expander snippet group that contains sponsor names. Because, you know, some of our sponsors capitalize their company names in funny ways or their products. Like the word text expander actually has a capital letter in the middle of it. And we pay attention to detail. We want to get that right in our communication. And so we, three or four people have access to that. And as new sponsors come on, we add the correct spelling and and capitalization. And then we make the, the, uh, the trigger, like a, a really common misspelling of it. So for instance, text expander, I think the snippet you know, has the capital E, but the, the trigger has a lowercase E. So if we typo it, it corrects automatically. And it's all shared across a team. So we know we're all doing it correctly and all doing it uh, the same, which is important to me. And text expander works everywhere that you type. So it's not just in mail or in Word or Pages, but it's in places like iMessage and Slack and, and anywhere you can use text on the Mac, you can use Text Expander. So no matter what app you use, you can have that consistent, productive workflow. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, but also Windows, iPhone and iPad, as well as Chrome. And over on the Text Expander blog, they have uh, a bunch of posts about interesting ways to use Text Expander. I was just reading through one about uh, using it to promote like a a, a, spe- a speaker or if you're presenting somewhere, you can kind of load up some text expander snippets with the time and the topic and share that really easily. It was a really creative use of text expander in ways that uh, you may not have considered. So go, go check that out. I still think the winner for text expander is a couple of weeks ago, Tom Zoller writes comic books with it. <laughs> That's crazy. It really is. It's a way more creative use than me uh, making dates and, and stuff all <laughs> nice and neat. But <laughs> That's why he does comic books, and I don't, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, show listeners will get 20% off their first year of Text Expander by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast uh, to learn more about Text Expander. And again, you'll get 20% off by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast. All right, so the big two we're going to talk about today are Alfred and LaunchBar, and I'm going to spoil the ending. I think they're both great apps, and I don't think either one is the one you must get, but I think either one is the one you must try, if that makes sense. I agree. They're they're both really good. Their feature sets overlap very heavily, um, but they do do things differently, and they are designed differently. So it may be that... They both meet your needs, but one sort of fits the way you think better, which I think is the case exactly. for me with Alfred. I sort of work the way it works a little bit more than Launch Bar. I, I think they both are opinionated in the way they work, and they're different, which is super interesting to me. And um, so I guess we should – why don't we do just a little summary of each one in terms of how it works, and then we can get into the individual features. Yeah, so I'll start with Alfred. It – on the surface of it is just uh, just like Spotlight, right? So you're searching files, uh, local files, network files. You can search the web really easily. Spotlight does that too. We, we failed to mention that Spotlight will fall back to web results if it doesn't know what you're trying to do. Uh, and Alfred has a, uh, a feature that LaunchBar has as well where it will learn what you mean. So again, like in, in my example today of searching the letters MPU, that's a, a bunch of files on my on my system but if I always pick the same folder or the same Photoshop document 
after a few times, it will learn uh, what I mean, what I want when I type MPU, and it will bubble that to the top, which, again, is like designed to save time. Alfred is um, much more than that, though. Uh, a lot of that, uh, those additional features, which we'll get into, expand Alfred out from there, and it has an extensive uh, workflow platform, really, where you can write your own workflows or import those made by the community to further extend it. And we'll get into how some of those work. But it is a is an app launcher and a file searcher, but it's really extensible and smart in the way that it works past that. Yeah. I mean, one of the fundamental difference in my head is just the input engine. So they both work the same. You, you trigger a command and just like Spotlight, it opens a, a box on your screen that you type into. Sadly, none of them involve rotating cubes, but I guess I'll just have to let that go. <laughs> uh, but but either way, there's a box you type into, but they look at this very differently. With Alfred, it's an editable box. You type in it, you can backspace, you can you know fix what you're typing. Uh, with with a launch bar, it's just you type and it gets a result. There's no like fixing anything, but it has a timer where it resets. The typing it's it's kind of hard to explain it i think in some ways the launch bar one might be faster if you know what you're doing but mm -hmm. if you change your mind halfway through it'll make you crazy because you yes. just type you know and that i bet that's probably one of the reasons why you had trouble with launch bar it, it, that's exactly that's exactly why i had trouble with launch bar yeah so if you go in the settings for 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 launch bar you can set that reset timer how long before you reset but um, I've always used LaunchBar. I mean, it, the, the thing with LaunchBar is it was there first. And I was super into these keyboard, the idea of a keyboard control from the very beginning. You know, as I've said before, I was using Quicksilver. In fact, the Quicksilver author wrote an article where he said that, you know, Quicksilver was really broken. I think he got a job at Google. He didn't have time to work on it. He was using LaunchBar. And that that's the day I bought a LaunchBar license, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I've just been using it. So I just know it. It's under my fingers, if that makes sense. And, uh, and, and switching over to Alfred, for me, was a bit of a learning curve, too, because it's just kind of a different... I mean, I've worked in it before. I've always tried to keep kind of keep up with the different apps, but I hadn't really used it as my only thing for a week and a half until, until you and I agreed to do this. And... Uh, it is a little different, but, you know, I kind of like the way Alfred does it, too. In some ways, Alfred, I think, is more forgiving. I, I think so. I think you're right about LaunchBar really being opinionated in the way that it, it is faster, but it, it wants you to be more accurate with your input and not change thoughts midstream. And Alfred is pretty forgiving. You said the delete key and go back and, and it'll just restart from where it is, which is uh, really handy for someone like me where sometimes... Sometimes I'm a couple of keystrokes into an Alfred search, and then I think, what am I actually looking for? And so I just sit there and think for a second, and then that reset timer would get me in launch bar without adjusting that setting. Yeah. In terms of look, I think they're both pretty. I mean, as much as you can make a box that you type text into pretty, they are. Mm -hmm. Alfred was the first to this game. I remember I was jealous of Alfred for a while because I was so into launch bar. When launch bar... I first used it, it was just a box that dropped down from the top of the screen. It was not a free floating window. And two or three releases ago, I don't I think it was version five maybe, they added, you know, the thing just like every every other keyboard launcher where it's a box now that floats in the center. You can re replace it if you want. Mm -hmm. You have dark themes, light themes, whatever. So they're they're both pretty. Doesn't really they're the same in that regard, I think. Yeah, I think so. They they both look like Mac apps. They're they're not some sort of weird 
you know, foreign invader in, uh, into your Mac OS workspace. Uh, they feel and, and work like Mac apps, which is, which is great. And they're both, we should say they're both menu bar apps. They both have settings where you can turn off their icons. Like I don't have the Alfred icon anywhere. It's not my dock. It's not in my menu bar. It runs in quote headless mode, launches at login. Uh, so there, there, there are occasions where my computer is logging in. I try to hit it really fast and, and Mac OS hasn't launched it in the background yet, but, uh, you're not stuck looking at an icon in your dock all day just because you want to use something other than spotlight, which is, uh, which is really nice. I appreciate apps that give you that customization. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, these apps as application launchers. Okay. Why don't you go first with Alfred? I mean, how does it launch applications? So for me, you know, I'm hitting the command space and I can start typing an application name. So I can start typing Safari because I do this often and it's learning. I get Safari at the top of the window and Alfred has a, a neat trick where I can actually launch a couple different ways. So I can I can use the cursor keys. Say, say Safari for some reason was the third item down. I could use my arrow keys down and select it. And then if I hit return, it would open. But it also has shortcuts to the side, Command-1, Command-2, Command-3 going down. So if Safari were number three, I could then hit Command-3, and Safari would open for me automatically uh, just with a keyboard shortcut. Again, you're talking about Spotlight, how you've got to move to the mouse. Alfred really doesn't want you to do that. It wants to keep your hands on the keyboard. And uh, so I use that all the time. And the apps that I commonly launch with Alfred, of course, uh, are... I do all the time, so it's learned it. So for instance, Mars Edit is a blogging Mac app that I use to publish to 512 Pixels. I don't keep Mars Edit in my dock. I launch it from Alfred. And so by the time I hit command space MA, Mars Edit is the the top thing. And Mail, which is in my dock, I don't launch it from Alfred very often, is number three. And so if I wanted to launch Mail, I could hit command three and be, be on my way. So the ordering adjust depending on what you do over the course of running the app. But if you have apps that you launch with it all the time, you can do it in just, you know, two or three keystrokes and hit return and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. And one of the things I liked about Alfred is when you do, like I just type in Alfred in UM and numbers is number one, of course, because I, I use numbers, but below that mm -hmm. is a list of the most recent numbers documents I have opened. And it's right in the initial search screen, if that makes sense. Like you type num and I could, I can arrow down two or three and open the most recent numbers document. So I don't have to just go to the numbers. Usually I want to go to the most recent document I've used in it. In launch bar, it's done a little different. When you type numbers, it shows you apps. It doesn't show you recent documents, but if you hit the space bar after you type it, it gives you a nice listing of just recent documents. So Alfred kind of mixes them, but they're in the initial search screen. It doesn't require that extra tap. Um, so they both kind of do it in an interesting way. You can also, with Alfred, you know, for me, the, the app stuff is all about the recent documents. You can right arrow, and then it gives you a whole bunch of options to do with it. You can move, the, you, you can do all sorts of stuff, but it also has a recent documents button. Doesn't show as many as LaunchBar does. I mean, I know these are like little subtle things, but I think just kind of breaking it down kind of gives you an idea. Uh, one thing I never figured out with with Alfred is, is like when you right arrow after you've selected an application or a document, 
um, with launch bar, you can left arrow to go back out, you know, in essence, kind of go back in the menu and do something else or pick a different document with, with Alfred, it seems to be a one way street. If you start right arrowing, it just goes right. It doesn't go left. You can't like go back to the initial search. You've just got to start over again. But I mean, they, both they, what they both do better than spotlight, frankly, is give you keyboard access to your most recent documents, which mm -hmm. That for application launchers on document based applications, that is golden. I mean, like, uh, and, and, and by the way, Microsoft Word doesn't work with either one of them because they don't, Microsoft doesn't participate in whatever um, OS, I wanted to say Mac OS 10, but you know, was it Mac OS now? Yeah. Uh, Microsoft doesn't really participate with the Mac OS recent document donation API. They, of course, wrote their own which doesn't work with anything, any third-party stuff. So you've got to go open Word and tap the recent documents button in Word. But, but for everything else, it's great. And, um, and that's one of the ways I love these apps. I mean, as silly as it is, I do that multiple times a day, and I love being able to just hit, you know, PAG for pages and open the contract I was working on the other day with just a couple taps. Yeah, it's just a matter of, again, sort of how you think about things and how you want to do things. If you're file-centric, one may work better, but Alfred has this neat deal to, like, move through folder navigation. So it yeah. it's sort of a how you think about the way things are laid out. If you're a user like me where you have things in folders and subfolders and subfolders, that may influence your choice for one over the other as opposed to if you just have like documents folder and you have 4,000 things just at the root level of documents. So yeah, it, it can be uh, interesting to see those differences play out in these applications that on the surface seem very similar. Can I jump to the address book thing? Because I think address book is a big deal for a lot of people. Absolutely. And that that's another one. I'll, I'll go first with, with launch bar address book uh, works the same way the app launcher does. Like I can type hack it. And then I can hit spacebar. And so I see Stephen Hackett. I hit spacebar. It gives me a list of all my details on Stephen Hackett. And I can arrow down to his email address, hit command C. And then I can just, you know, jump into whatever app I'm using and paste it. I don't have to take my hands off the keyboard. Another thing it does cool is it allows you to, um, uh, like, I can hit return on Stephen's email address and it opens up a new email in Apple Mail, the Compose Sheet, written to, to Stephen from me, where I can go in and, and just work on it. In fact, if I hit another space, I can type the body of the message and then hit return. And then it, it creates the email, inserts the body, and puts the cursor on the subject line. So I just type a subject line and hit enter and send it off. And this is a huge win for productivity because one of the holes that everybody gets caught in is like, I need to send an email to Steven. I open Apple Mail or whatever my mail app of choice is. What's going to happen? You're going <laughs> to see your inbox. You're going to see your inbox, yeah. Yeah. You, you completely skip the inbox with this. I, I know Alfred does it uh, something similar, right? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. So out of the box, how it works, if I select you and I have your email highlighted, if I hit enter... It would open a mail message with your, you know, composed to you with the cursor and the subject thing. So that's not in the Alfred interface. That's happening in mail. But it has a couple of other things. Uh, you can, if I have you up and I have your email selected, I can copy it. Or uh, Alfred has a feature called large type. If I hit command L, it basically fill, dims the screen and in white text with a black background gives me your email address really big. 
I use this sometimes if I need to make a phone call for somebody. I would just make their phone number enormous and then dial it on my on my phone as opposed to dealing with the contacts app on, on my phone. Uh, it's also helpful for addresses. If you're labeling an address, you can just have the text of their address really big and write the address label. There are some workflows that mimic what LaunchBar does. I've had really mixed luck with them working in Alfred. Part of that may be that the time of our recording, Alfred was just revised from version three to version four. And it seems like some workflows, third-party workflows like done by the community need to be updated to fully take advantage. So I don't know if that's like a temporary issue or if that workflow just doesn't work. Uh, So I'm not going to link that one because it doesn't actually work. So it's a little bit different than launch bar, but for me, I, you know, I'm not a, um, as regimented about my email use as you are, mail's basically always open. So it's not a big deal for me the way that it works. But uh, I just got a shiver. Sorry. But but either way, definitely better than like dealing with the mouse and a spotlight result window. Yeah. A, a really cool trick I figured out with Alfred in my last week and a half that, that LaunchBar doesn't really do. I can just open up Alfred and say email hack it and then return and it, it starts an email to you. It just opens up the compose sheet in Apple Mail with an email address to you. And I that's even better in some ways. It's It's less fiddly you know i just type email hack it and then it opens it up and i I am a big fan of the idea of getting emails written without looking at the inbox it it does i know myself i guess i'll say (laughs) (laughs) but but both of them like the other thing is like i often have a need to copy an address and and just like steven said with the big text saying that's super useful i use that as well launchbar does that too uh, let's talk a little bit about how these apps integrate with the internet and with browsers. Yeah, so yeah. both have bookmark search. I use this all the time. I'm a pretty big bookmark user actually just because of Alfred. So the way I have mine set up, I have the keyword being uh, BB. So like Alfred doesn't put bookmark search results in line with the rest of, of things. So like, for instance, I have a folder called MPU Outlines. And if I just type MPU outlines, it doesn't find it. You have to give it the keyword to say, hey, I'm searching my bookmark. So mine is BB. And I can start typing MPU, and I get MPU show outlines, MPU schedule, MPU sponsors. And these are all bookmarks within Safari. And if you use Chrome, you can tell Alfred in its settings, hey, look at Chrome instead of Safari for my bookmarks. I do this, I don't know how many times a day. You know, I have four podcasts, and I have a bunch of other stuff I work on. And a lot of that stuff is bookmarks to Google Docs or web apps or something. And so if I sit down and it's time to work on the liftoff outline, you know, command space, B-B-L-I-F, and the first item is liftoff notes, which is, again, a bookmark, not a file, and it's going to open that right in Safari for me. And I'm curious, A, if you're a big bookmark person, and if you are, is are you using LaunchBar to, to get to those pages quickly? Yes. And yes. I mean, LaunchBar just finds them. You just type in the name of a bookmark, it finds it for yeah. you. I wish Alfred had it sort of baked in with and not being behind a keyword, but it's a b- bit of a bummer. And that's one of the things that vexed me with Alfred this week is I was having trouble accessing bookmarks. And I felt like it was probably operator error. And I now that you've explained it, I'm going to have to go after the show and figure it out uh, to make it work better for me. Because uh, I do like searching bookmarks, recent history, all that stuff is really useful. 
And um, I know both of these apps access it, but I feel like uh, for LaunchBar, at least, it was easier for me to get to it. Mm-hmm. A couple of the cool things LaunchBar does with the internet uh, that I missed that Alfred didn't have. In LaunchBar, if you just type dot, it just um, puts a, um, you, know, you know, the period. If you go, it just, it creates a URL, you know, and it, it highlights the, you know, if you type dot Apple, it'll go to www.apple.com. Hmm. And, um, and I, I couldn't find any similar feature in, uh, in Alfred. Although if I did type www dot something, then it's, it realized, oh, he's doing a URL and it would fix that for right. me. But, but Alfred was just a little faster at it. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they both do. I think you just, I, like we were saying at the beginning of the show, both of these kind of speak a little bit of a different language and you got to learn the language of the launcher. Uh, the good, the good thing is they both have free trials. And I, I think ultimately what you do is you download them both and, <laughs> and try and it's just spend, Yeah. I mean, one of them, they're so different that one will work and one will not for you. And I actually found, um, while you were talking, uh, is maybe new in Alfred version four, which has just been out a few weeks. There actually is a setting now to put bookmarks in the default results. Oh, nice. So you don't have to do a keyword. So that may be new. Uh, or maybe that mine's been behind a keyword for years, and I just have never looked. I don't mind the, the keywording system in Alfred. So basically what this is, I hit command space, I get the Alfred window, and you give it a letter or two to tell it what you're doing. So BB is my bookmarks. Uh, I have the same thing for clipboard history, which we want to talk about, and mine is uh, CB. So I, And then that gives me my clipboard history. Uh, it kind of gives Alfred direction on, on where you want to go because when your only interface is a text box, you either have to be really smart about what the user is doing or you have to have flags that the user can set to do certain things. And Alfred kind of does both and LaunchBar does both, but I think more sort of on, on the smart side of it. And you just kind of have to get used to the way that it that it works, but – for me, command space BB is so fast, and I chose BB because it's right above the space bar, so I don't have to move my thumb very far. It's yeah. uh, it's fast enough where I, I don't mind the extra keystrokes, but you kind of got to live with it for a while, and it gets burned into your muscle memory. Well, like when we talk later about workflows, I made an Alfred workflow that kind of duplicated other features, but it limited the results to just one thing I wanted. Ooh, and I nice. think that's what, that's what you've done with this BB. It's like you are only searching bookmarks. So the problem with LaunchBar searching bookmarks with everything else is you see your bookmarks, but you see other stuff too, document titles and right. other things get mixed in there. I think there's an advantage. And if it only requires typing two additional keys to say, I just want to search for through my bookmarks, it gets you tighter, better results. So, mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good thing, really. In the end, yeah, it, it definitely works. It definitely works for me, and uh, it's all customizable, so it doesn't have to be BB. It doesn't have to be two letters. I just set that because it was quick, and I wasn't going to do it accidentally. You know, it's it's kind of like yeah. text expander triggers. Mine all start with a semicolon because I'm not going to type that and then a word for any other reason. In addition to just looking at your bookmarks, Alfred has a wide range of web searches, so you can search Google. You can search Gmail or, or Google Drive. It'll look to your logged-in account for that. Twitter, Wikipedia, Amazon, eBay, LinkedIn, YouTube. It goes on and on. So you can use Alfred to search those sites directly from your keyboard wherever you are. So that's pretty cool. You can turn them off. You can turn them on. You can customize them. But it's great to be able to search the whole web from your Mac keyboard anywhere. Well, another area of 
that these apps do, and I think this is one of these apps do way better than Spotlight, is file management. And this is the idea of being able to not only find files, which, which Spotlight can do, but to work and do things to files. And the way, uh, I'll start with LaunchBar. So you can file navigate. So you type the name of any file and it'll, it'll find it for you. But you can also really navigate your drive. The tilde key, you know, that thing that's to the left of your one with the shift, the little curly dash, I guess. Um, if you type that in LaunchBar, and it, this also works in, in, um, in Alfred, uh, it gets you your home directory. So it just gets you the, the root of your, your drive and or actually your home. So like your user account stuff. And then you can right arrow through it and um, you can start you know, kind of working through those directories. It's just like having a finder in a one line text box in essence. And then uh, once you start finding certain common folders, just like Stephen was talking with Alfred, it remembers that, oh, he opens that folder a lot. So if he types anything related to that name, I'm probably going to put that one at the top, you know. And then once you find a file, you can do file management on it. And uh, if you hit the space bar, you get quick look. If you hit control right arrow, you get work done. If you hit the tab key, you can like move it and copy it. They also, because LaunchBar is very kind of like, inside knowledge app in the sense like I think it's command shift R you can rename a file from the from the launch bar window you can actually rename it it's like I know all these things my fingers know them but I, if I had to say what they are I don't I'd have to put my hands on the keyboard to tell you what I do but it's very powerful so you can move like like moving stuff around your drive it's way faster and more accurate than dragging things between different finder windows so I find file management very useful on these. Do you do that much on Alfred? Alfred, as far as, as my usage, uh, it's not really something I'm, I'm doing very often. It has the deal where you can start it with the tilde and, and move into your user folder and you can navigate around. You can also, if you're searching for a file, you can navigate the folder it's in and then back out and kind of see where it is. But as far as actual like file management, that's really not something that... Uh, that Alfred seems to be like toe to toe with LaunchBar, and I think LaunchBar is out ahead of of what it can do and what you can do, like not only in Finder but within LaunchBar itself. Like Alfred basically ignores a lot of those sort of features. Although there is, uh, but I'll I'll defend Alfred a little bit here because if you if you have a file selected and you right arrow it, you can copy, move, you can do a lot of basic file management stuff, and it's not it's not a bad interface. It works fine. Um, the one area that I think Alfred is behind, I could not find, I asked Steven about this. I meant to ask, ask Mike Schmitz. I know Mike did a course on Alfred for screencast online. Um, LaunchBar has this cool feature where if you have files selected and I always use it for files on my desktop, but you can also use it files out of finder. And if you hold the triggering key for LaunchBar, like in my case, it'd be control space, but long press the space key. It will take whatever files you currently have selected and select them in LaunchBar. Oh, nice! And and immediately set you up for you can then move, copy, whatever. So like when I've got a bunch of garbage on my desktop that I need to move into files, quite often it's like client stuff. Like when I'm working on a client thing, a lot of time I'll keep the files on the desktop. At the end of the day, the project's done. Then I'll just select the files. Uh, control long space and then move them to the to the client folder on you know the client storage 
And and it, it just takes a few keystrokes. It's much faster and more accurate than trying to drag and you know get Finder open. And uh, I never was able to find a way to do that with Alfred. Yeah, Alfred wants to. I mean, th- those features it wants to dump you out to Finder. So like you can yeah. select a file and you can email it to somebody, or you can copy or move it. Um, but it, it does want to do a lot of that in Finder and not within the interface itself. Uh, yeah. One thing that that is sort of cool in this, once you're in this menu in Alfred, which you search for a file and you hit the right arrow, it does have an option there called find similar. And it will basically put that search, but put it out into a finder window. And from there, you could add tokens to it. It kind of gives you a, a launching point for a search within finder itself. But I don't do a lot of file management in Alfred. I mean, the one I may use the most is take this file and attach it to an email but even then, it's not super often because just the, the types of work I normally do. If I'm emailing files, I'm emailing several, and I'm probably archi- or you know archiving them into a zip or something like that. Yeah. And it's a little too simple for what I need most of the time. It is here, but I think LaunchBar is probably more powerful and more flexible. Yeah, the workaround I did during my my enforced Alfred uh, <laughs> usage was I would just go to desktop and then select the files and then act on them. But mm-hmm. it was just a, it was just a couple extra steps. I mean, it's uh, these differences are very nuanced, honestly. But the um, but it, it, I feel like Launchbar may have a little bit of an edge when it comes to file management. But you can do a lot of it with both of these apps. Let's talk about real quickly, because I want to talk about workflows, and that's a big part of this. But I do want to talk about something that is unique to Alfred, and that is Alfred Remote. Yeah. Um, It is an iPhone app that interfaces with Alfred on the Mac across the local network. So it kind of turns your iPhone into a remote control via Alfred. I should say, though, that this app is not full screen on the iPhone 10 or anything bigger. Uh, it hasn't been updated in quite a while. And I am a little dubious on its actual use. So the, the app is divided into a couple of things. It has system c- commands. So from Alfred, you can say, you know, you can start typing screensaver and it will launch a screensaver. You can type sleep and the computer will go to sleep, et cetera. It surfaces all of that. So if you are using, you know, a Mac mini as a home server, for instance, and you want to do those sorts of things without having to remote into it from something like screens, then, yeah, that's pretty quick. But you can also, like, start searches and do other things on the Mac, but the iPhone doesn't get an interface to it. So I'm not sure of the – and maybe I'm just not thinking of a good use case. But in my experience, that's not a useful thing to me. If it was surfacing that on my phone and then letting me – do actions from the phone, that would be one thing, but it basically just remote controls Alfred, like on the screen of your Mac. It's just like, I, d- I don't have the app installed. I installed it for this episode, but it's not something that I that I rely on on any sort of regular basis. And it hasn't been updated in a long time. And it seems like it's kind of a an afterthought at this point. Yeah. In fact, when I, you know, went all in with Alfred this past week and a half, I, I looked at the app. I'm like, I can't think of a single reason why I would want it. So mm-hmm. I didn't even install it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's um, out there, uh, but it's not something that I think is particularly useful. You want to talk about clipboard management? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because these apps both replace the clipboard in interesting ways. Yeah. So h- how do you use it, and and how does it how does it work in LaunchBar? 
Uh, I have to be honest, I don't use it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. uh, It's got a cool clipboard thing. So you can save clipboard entries. Like you can see the last 30 or save the ones over the last week. And it shows you the app sources where the clipboard entries came from, which makes it easy. But I, I think Keyboard Maestro's clipboard is so much superior, you know, because with Keyboard Maestro, you can select on a you can select on an as-needed basis, whether it's plain text or rich text. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do more with the Keyboard Maestro Clipboard Manager. So I, long time ago, I realized, no, for clipboard stuff, I'm going to just use Keyboard Maestro. But but they do have one, and it's cool. And uh, I, di- I used to use it until I found the light with Keyboard Maestro, but it's been years since I used <laughs> it. Hey, that's fair enough. Uh, I I do use keyboard hist- or Clipboard History. I do use it in... Alfred again. It's behind a keyword of CB for clipboard, and you hit enter, and then it gives you in the uh, in the UI. Basically, I, th- I have mine set to the last twenty things, and I have mine set to be uh, accessible via plain text, images, and file list. So you could say, you know, don't include images in the clipboard history, and basically you select when, the one you want, and you hit enter. And then that is on your clipboard replacing what's there now. So it's not a multi-clipboard deal. It's not a, you know, having a a clipboard for this and a clipboard for that. It's a single clipboard and rotates things in and out. Uh, I use this all the time. Very often I'm compiling show notes. I have links or text from various places. And I can copy them all and then go back into the clipboard history and paste them. And Alfred has a thing that is really nice. It's a checkbox that says ignore data from other Apple devices. So if you have iCloud signed in, it has the universal clipboard. So if you copy something on your phone and paste it on your Mac, you can turn that on or off based on your preference with uh, with Alfred. And so if I copy something on my iPhone and it ends up on the clipboard of my Mac, then this gets added to the history and you can disable that if you want and you can also clear your clipboard history. So say that you you pasted someone's, I don't know, social security number or credit card number, and you want to clear that, you can use the clear keyword, and it gives you options to clear the clipboard history from the last five minutes or the last 15 minutes and kind of go about um, scrubbing your key, your clipboard history that way. So it is something that I use all the time, and I do use it through Alfred. Yeah, they, they have a cool feature on the clipboard for launch bar. I think they have it on Alpha 2, or you can get a workflow for it that's called Clip Merge, whereas you clip things, it combines them. So if like you're taking a bunch of pieces of text and you want them to spit out as one piece of text, you can do that. I have uh, not found much use for that. Uh, a couple times I accidentally triggered it, and then that was like hilarious, right? Because then I'd paste and get a bunch more than I expected. <laughs> right. But the uh but I think there's some people for which that's a that's a cool feature, but I it's just not for me. And and there there are even whole like menu bar apps on the Mac that are just clipboard history and it's not baked into something bigger. So there are a lot of ways to do this and you can find the way that works for you. But I know for me, clipboard history has become like just ingrained in the way that I work. And I really rely on it several times a, a week, if not several times a day when I'm, I'm publishing things to like load up a bunch of stuff in the clipboard and then go back and fetch it in another application real quickly is a real lifesaver for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a game changer. If you don't have if you don't have some sort of 
clipboard history system and you find yourself like going to one document copy then go to a different document paste and go back to a different document copy i mean rather than just like collect all that stuff at once mm-hmm. and then go put it in with a clipboard history app it, it really improves your speed and just sanity frankly we're going to take a quick break to talk about hover one of the show's longest running sponsors we know you love learning about tech and hover is a great tech company to talk about It's a big leap for a ton of entrepreneurs because your business starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any question you may have. And they are dedicated to getting you online and not upselling you. It's like a domain company with a conscious. Hover has a free who is privacy, so bad guys can't get your information, has a clean UX, it's monthly sales on popular top-level domains, and it's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting a business. One of the first things I did when I decided to go out on my own as a lawyer was I bought my domain. I was so happy. I went on Hover. I bought it. It made me feel really good. It's like, now this is real. And Hover made it really easy for me to walk through the steps. I still have my domain hosted through Hover. Another thing I did with Hover was when my kids were born, I bought their names as domains through Hover. So to this day, I've been I've been carrying them every year. I'm really looking forward to them getting old enough, Stephen, so they can start paying for their domains. But, <laughs> but I haven't got there quite yet. Uh, but it's cool. At some point, they're going to want to have their domain, I think. And, and I took care of it for them when they were little kids. So you can buy your domain today and start getting using it. Um, just go to hover.com slash MPU and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL, one more time, is hover.com slash MPU. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so we're going to talk about the workflow engine within both of these uh, applications. And uh, before we do that, I do... With Alfred, at least, there is some some gray area between a workflow and uh, a custom search. And so, you, for instance, a lot of my, my workflow, and I'm going to have some examples in the show notes of some that I've built, are effectively just custom searches. But Alfred does give you the, the option to create a custom search. You give it a search URL, and you have to give it um, a title and that sort of thing. It's easier, I think, to do this than build an entire workflow just for a custom search. But again, I'll have examples for both. So for instance, my custom search uh, to search the the K-base. So if I want to search uh, articles for, I don't know, uh, the you know Power Mac 7600, I can type command space, I type KB for K-base, and then I can you know type out my, uh, my search, whatever I said, the Power Mac 7600. I could do that as a workflow, but I've made this one a custom search. So there's, with Alfred, at least, there is back and forth in which one is better or easier, depending on what you want to do. Workflows are far more customizable, but you can use them basically as just a way to search something uh, custom on the web. But uh, I kind of wanted to clear that up because I think it's a little confusing in Alfred settings, like when you should use web search over over an action or over a workflow. But that's, that is kind of what it is, the way Alfred's laid out. Yeah, uh, like Alfred was the first to this game. I mean, what we, we have is kind of a 
a running battle between Alfred and LaunchBar, and each one comes out with a new feature or a new way to do it, and then the next one gets leapfrogged with the next update. And I, I love this because you know they're they're pushing each other to make the apps better. But Alfred, I think, in general, did a better job with this integration. They call them workflows, keyboard maestro. I'm sorry, um, LaunchBar. There's too many automation apps, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> LaunchBar calls them actions, and um, um, with with Alfred, they're very visual. Like when you install them, there's like a kind of like a, a flow chart thing that shows you exactly what's going. You see the commands you can go in and you can edit them. And the edit engine is very powerful. Um, so much so that once I started using the workflows with Alfred, I immediately saw, oh yeah, this is a lot easier to use. And like I took, like there was a sample one to search your home folder, right? And I thought, well, that would be good, but it only finds folders on your home folder. So like, that'd be cool. Like, like I talked about earlier, the idea of limiting a search to a, a certain type of object so you get better results. Well, I am often in my client's folder on my legal thing, right? So I just duplicated the Alfred workflow to search your home folder and I pointed it at the, the client folder in my legal stuff. So now I just type um, SL space for Sparks Law and then I can type a client name and it gives me just the folders for that client. And it's a super fast way to get to those folders. And I made it in like, it took me five minutes to figure it out. And that includes adding a custom icon. You know I mean? It's just, it's not hard. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, the actions with LaunchBar generally, I've been downloading them, but I haven't been creating them like I have with, with Alfred. Yeah. And that's part of this too, is there is a, a community of people building workflows for these applications and, you can go in, you can find things. There's forums you can you can look at. Again, I've published a couple, so I have a few for downloading, one for searching uh, Giphy, which is a GIF repository online, and one for searching the Internet Archive. And that's actually two you can search by URL or by content. And you can just share those and put them up on a server and have them for download like I have for the show notes. So it is it is neat to see that if you have a certain thing you want to do, someone in the community may have already built it and you can import it and then tinker with it through that, uh, through that interface that you described. Yeah. The, um, uh, one of the things LaunchBar does is it includes a lot of the things that have been created as workflow actions. LaunchBar has had for a long time. Like if you select an image file with LaunchBar and you just type, type resize, it has built in, features to resize images like i can say resize 50 resize 33 and it, it'll resize the image right from launch bar it's like in a lot of ways launch bar has pre-installed many of the things that people are creating custom workflows for alfred mm -hmm. but there is something to be said i don't know i can there's i'm on both sides of the fence on this because when you create custom ones you can make them custom you know you can make them fit you like i did with that folder search um, but I also found some of the Alfred stuff I've been downloading just doesn't work. You know, it's like they, for what, you know, changes in the application. One of them, I didn't have the necessary Python library installed. It's like, you know, suddenly when you start installing things from third parties, um, it's just a little more hectic in terms of does it actually work or not? Yeah, I think that's fair. And there's definitely some experimentation. Again, we might be in just a weird spot right now because it was just... Yeah, it was just updated. Yeah. But it is it's something too that even if something doesn't work, kind of like with Keyboard Meister, like with your examples in your field guide, you can 
see how it's built and then to kind of figure it out, like how to adapt it on your own. And that might not work if it, if it re, you know, relies on some sort of system integration that doesn't work in your version of Mac OS. But if it's a web search, uh, you can kind of figure it out. So for instance, the ones that I've built, I found an example and then I sort of plugged in my own URLs that I wanted and figured out how to make it work. And so it's it's a nice way to learn sort of simple, uh, sim- it's not, I mean, it is programming to a degree, but simple w- workflow creation to uh, build something that you, you know, that's custom to what you need and not something that someone on the internet wanted for themselves. Yeah, I, I keep talking about Keyboard Maestro because it does kind of come into play with these discussions. Both of them have actions or workflows. Uh, the The Alfred one is from a third party, and I will uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. But you can download integrations with Keyboard Maestro, where you just type KM, and then you can type the name of your script, and it runs, which is awesome. You know, uh, I I don't know. I really like this. is a new turn for both of these apps. The idea of adding additional power through third parties, and I really like it. And and honestly, like I said, I think Alfred kind of pulls ahead in this regard because of the user, how much easier it is for a user to customize. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really, I mean, as silly as it sounds, a problem I had was I want to just search my client folders, you know, and with LaunchBar, traditionally, I would type a client name. And it, if I had been in the folder before, it would always surface it because that's usually where I go. But with Keyboard Maestro, I'm sorry, with Alfred. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, um, with with Alfred, you with, by creating that custom search, you know, it requires me to type an additional two letters, blah blah. But it gets me so much closer to my endpoint that mm-hmm. that's that's really a benefit. And the way they're built in Alfred is not dissimilar from Keyboard Maestro or other automation tools. You have triggers like hotkeys or snippets. You have an input. You have actions. And then you have utilities and outputs. And so we're talking really in the context of search, but you can have workflows that, you know, reach out to the web if you have something that has an API because you can you can execute scripts within this. Uh, I've got one when I was uh, using Remember the Milk, I know, um, that... I, I didn't say anything. I know <laughs> that uh, Remember the Milk has a, an API that uses Ruby. And so I have a disabled workflow in my Alfred library that let let me basically input something to remember the milk via their API via a Ruby script. And so if you want to go deeper, just like you can in Text Expander or Keyboard Maestro or any of these other tools and dip into a scripting language, you want to run a uh, a bash script, you want to use Ruby, Python or Perl, it or Apple script. It gives you the power to execute those things from your keyboard. So in a way, in this arena, Alfred LaunchBar, Keyboard Maestro, Automator, Apple Script Editor, like they are all playing in the same playground. The way I view it is I'm using Alfred for these other things. And so these workflows, I could execute these with a bunch of in a bunch of different ways. I choose to do them in Alfred because that's where I'm already spending a lot of my time on my Mac. So it's an extension of the searching functionality, not necessarily because Alfred does it better or worse than other options, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I feel like I've been discovering more from Alfred workflows than I ever did from LaunchBar Actions. Like I installed one 
yesterday. It's a time zone one. I just got it off the Alfred. If you go to the Alfred website, they have some recommended workflows right on their page. And there's a time zone one. And you just type TZ, and it gives me time zones. And I was able, it's very easy. It's got kind of a language to it, but I was able to add Vienna because I podcast with Rose in Vienna. And I've got, you know, um, Tennessee in there. And I've got, you know, the people that I work with. So I just type TZ and it gives me the time currently Ooh, in all those locations. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I feel like it's just a, Alfred does a better job of this in my opinion. Um, uh, and I know uh, the actions are newer with launch bar than the workflows are with Alfred. So who knows what, what they're, where they're going to be in six months. But the, uh, I, I really like the fact that both of these are making themselves, you know, adding this kind of plug-in architecture to these already powerful applications. Why don't you share a few of your favorite workflows? Yeah. So I named two where I have my uh, a search for Giphy and a search for the, for the K-Base. Uh, I use one. It's a third-party one by a guy named Sean who uh, wrote one to search the Notes app. So like I said, Spotlight has the ability to do this, but Alfred didn't. And so I installed this one and it basically goes around and searches uh, content from from my notes app, which is what I use as my to-do list for some things. And my, I mean, all sorts of stuff is in notes, right? It's like, we're going to, one day we will have a notes um, showdown again. But until then, I use Apple Notes for everything. And it lets yeah. me search that really easily. I know there are people out there saying, well, like you are installing things from, third-party people you don't know. That's true. That is part of this. But I think, especially with the uh, the Alfred forums and community, there are a lot of people in here who are working on these together. And I think there are people who would call out something that they felt was inappropriate or was doing something they didn't want. So you're kind of trusting the community. But for a lot of things that are just search it's not going to to have the ability to really do a lot of damage, I don't think. And you can open the workflow and see what it's doing. Yeah, that, that, that's the big point is you can actually take it apart in human understandable forms to see exactly what's happening. Right. Uh, so I, I like that they're not just closed boxes. Those are the ones that I use the most. Uh, and I've got one for <laughs> turning turning letters into uh, into letters with circles around them. For some reason, uh, our friend Jamie Phelps made me that years ago, and uh, that's in there. I don't think I've used it in a long time, but uh, you can do funny text replacement stuff as well. So I, I don't have many, but the ones that I use, I use all the time. Like that um, that note search, I use I don't know how many times a day uh, because it's just faster to do it that way than to go to notes and scroll through 400 notes and find the one that I want. And also just the idea that once again, it's limiting the search to just notes. Mm -hmm. So, so Steven, I think, I feel like we're getting a different side of you between your Giphy search and oh yeah, all this stuff. And I've always noticed like on some of the, like the Slack we're on, you are one of the most frequent contributors of Giphy like pictures. I think you just did it to me like the other day. It's, yeah. Is this your trick? Is it all through this Alfred search? Well, so Slack has its own GIF integration, so you can search Giphy within Slack. So I do that. But if I need to drop a GIF on somebody, you know, in an iMessage thread or something, uh, it lets it basically just searches the Giphy website and then pulls up the results in a web browser. So a little bit faster than going to Giphy, finding the search box, typing into it. I can just do it all from my launcher. But you know, sometimes, uh, 
sometimes gifts are just the best way to communicate with somebody. And it's a, it's a fast way to get that done. Yeah. Well, you definitely are uh Giffy, uh, you have you have a talent for it, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Sure. That's what I'll be remembered one of, for. One of your superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> it just never occurs to me, you know. Like I, I want to yeah. like use them with my kids to be cool, but every time I try, I pick the wrong one, and I'm not cool. I don't know. You gotta. There's a. There's a. There's a knack to it. Uh, I will yeah. say that. I'm 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 Giffy challenged. <laughs> That's fine. We'll, we'll work on that together. Uh, so, so I think, I think what we're coming up with is that the workflow action stuff seems to be more well-rounded in Alfred than in LaunchBar, both in terms of UI and how they work, but also in terms of the community around them building things to extend it. Um, honestly, I'll just, I'll tell the truth here. When I was in my, you know, week and a half of LaunchBar testing, as an Alfred user, I didn't come across its actions directory for the first several days. I was like, oh, yeah. it can't do workflow stuff. And then I did some Googling and realized that, oh, it can. Yeah. Alfred, I think, does a better job at, at if you're in Alfred settings, showing all of that stuff, giving you actions and and workflows and all of the things it can do, snippets, which we haven't really touched on yet. Yeah. It makes all that much more easily discoverable than LaunchBar does. LaunchBar, I feel like some of that stuff sort of hidden away. Yeah, if you're using one of these, you're going to try one of these as a result of this episode. One of the tricks is you activate the app, you know, command or control space, whatever your trigger is, and then command comma to open the preferences. Because because these apps are just a text box, sometimes it's hard to figure out how to get to the preferences. But command comma gets you in and take a good look at the preferences for both of them because there's a ton of customization in there. Like one of the things I do is they they both have a search index. You know, what are they searching? I go in and, and tweak that so it just searches the places I want to. I add a few, take a few away. And um, and you want to get in there and kind of make it work for you better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you turn on things like search documents and folders as well as apps, you know, things like that. Yeah, it's all it's all stashed away in there. So t- definitely take some time exploring uh, what's in those settings, what's in these these you know forms and stuff online, because these apps are really, in a way, palettes to become whatever you need them to be. I think if you sat down five Alfred users or five LaunchBar users, the way they had it set up, the way they would be using it would be different. And part of that is these apps learn over time what you want, but part of it is this uh, extensibility angle where you can bolt on things to their core functionality as you need them. And that makes them really sticky. You know, like I, I like Alfred, this episode, it was very interesting. And I'm glad that I, I explored LaunchBar because I haven't looked at it in years, but I'm not going to change because Alfred is so ingrained in the way that I work. Yeah, no, I get it. And like at one point you had texted me and I knew exactly what was making you crazy. It was that delay because yep. <laughs> if you start typing and you stop to think about it, and the delay, the trigger hits, then you, then you continue typing. You're not continuing typing. It's starting over again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I know that there's something for a lot of people that just, it's an immediate turnoff. Once you figure it out, it's okay, but it is a different way. It's, it's that input that is a huge difference between the two. Yeah. You wouldn't think that two apps that are just text boxes could be so different, but, uh, but they can be. I want to round out talking about a couple features we haven't touched on yet. One is snippets. There are uh, text expander like features in in Alfred, and uh, again, it is tied to like the third party deal, so you can load in snippet libraries. 
Uh, I don't really use this because Text Expander has been part of my Mac setup way longer than Alfred has. But, but it is here. So it, if you are looking to have an app that does sort of um, lots of things for you, Alfred can take over those responsibilities. And like I said, there are third-party libraries you can install and, and have, uh, you know, custom snippets of, you know, things I've seen, uh, like uh, an emoji replacement deal. So you can you can type a name of emoji and it will put the emoji on your pasteboard Mac symbol. So if you find yourself typing uh, the command, you know, like keyboard shortcuts, like if you're a field guide creator, for instance, uh, you can do all that on the keyboard, but it's like a bunch of crazy shortcuts. And so you could have just a few uh, of those ready to go in snippets with with Alfred from a third party library. So you have some options there that it. Um, you know, if you need those sort of things, can make it a little bit easier to find. And, you know, when you said emoji, it reminded me one of the commands I use in LaunchBar all the time. If I need to find an emoji, you know, you could always use the, what is it, control option. I'm sorry, control command spacebar mm-hmm. opens kind of the Apple thing. But it's it's kind of awkward. But in LaunchBar, you just type emoji and then you hit the spacebar and it gives you all of the emoji and you can search from there. You can type, you know football and it'll find a football for you and um and then command c and paste it's very fast i just tried that over in in um, alfred it doesn't seem to have that same command but maybe it's just there and i haven't unearthed it but yeah it's just like it's funny uh, uh, one thing in launch bar has i think is a lot of built-in stuff that that people don't realize is there yeah, you got you got to dig through it. <laughs> you got to dig through all the settings, all the screens and and find what you want. Another feature that that Alfred has uh, that I rely on because I'm a two Mac user is that you can have Alfred sync all of its settings to a Dropbox file. And so Alfred on both of my computers is the same. So if I change a setting one place, it's changed somewhere else. If I add a workflow one place, it's added the other to the other computer. And if you're a multi Mac user, that's a huge deal because you don't want to like have to rebuild all your automation stuff every time you tweak it. Yeah. And that is really cool. Yeah. I haven't even looked into that with launch bar. So I don't know. I don't know. In, t- in terms of price, they're about the same. Uh, launch bar is $29 for a single license, $49 for a family. And Alfred is 23 pounds for a single license and $39 gets you a lifetime upgrade for future versions. Um, I had bought Alfred years ago. Once I started my experiment, I went ahead and bought an upgrade license to the Power Pack, which is what you need for most of the stuff we were talking about here, or a lot of the stuff we were talking about. I don't know. I I think it's cheap for the amount of time these apps yeah. can save you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a usage graph in Alfred. And since March 2013, I have used Alfred... 81,000 times. Wow. An average of, you know, 40 something times a day. Yeah. So, well, there you go. And, uh, and it tells you what it is. So, most of mine is like general usage. I have some clipboard stuff, navigation, iTunes control. So, it gives you a breakdown of how you use it. And, uh, it is money well spent, uh, for me anytime there's an update. It's a, it's an automatic purchase. So what you're saying is you got you got your money's worth with your 23 pounds. Yes, <laughs> most definitely. In fact, I didn't do the lifetime. I choose to upgrade every time because I'm so dependent on this. I want it to be around for a really long time. Yeah. I so my you were saying you you can't wait to get back to Alfred. I get it. I have enjoyed my experiment with Alfred, mm-hmm. and the workflow stuff has me intrigued. 
Um, uh, even though I'm used to the way the text input on Alfred versus LaunchBar, I think Alfred might be the right answer, honestly. Um, but there's some stuff I do in LaunchBar that is so ingrained in me. Um, my go forward is I'm going to leave the three launchers on my device. I'm going to have all three. Um, so, I mean, why not? I paid for them. You know, I'm going to use them. You could have one on each screen, you know? Yeah, I guess I could. But but I'm going to actually try to put more effort into Alfred and go deeper with it and see, you know, how I can do with, like, some of the file management stuff. I, I'm just curious to see, like, some of the, the obscure stuff I do with LaunchBar. Can I replace that in Alfred? And uh, so my experiment is going to continue. I, I like them both. I, I feel like I'm kind of bilingual at this point, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but I definitely am faster in launch bar. But I just for the fun of it, I want to spend some more time with Alfred. So I'm not I'm not running away from it like you are launch bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, launch bar, but I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm back in Alfred's warm embrace. No, that's that's fine. You know, I, I think it, what we'll find in the forums is there are people who are super passionate about both apps because they're both re- they're both really good, you know. They're both this is an embarrassment of riches for Mac users and yeah. and I also learned in this that Spotlight is a lot more powerful than I realized and it also makes me sad for iOS Spotlight. <laughs> I wish it was faster. I wish it was extensible. Yes. Yeah, you know, maybe one day we'll get there. Yeah, it, it. I mean, this is something that like the stuff we do with these launchers and when you have a keyboard attached to an iPad and you hit command space, just a little part of you dies inside because, you know, you are not getting what you get on your Mac. Maybe one day, you know, they, I, you could see a future where spotlight and shortcuts become better integrated and you could fire actions from there and do all these things like yeah they have some pieces there they need to put them together but this is another example where the mac in terms of automation is just a lot more flexible than than the ipad and the iphone even though shortcuts has gotten really good as you know being neck deep in it right now but yeah there are just some things the mac just continues to to shine in and i feel like this realm of launching the mac is just ahead we were i was at the um the aba tech show earlier this year and Mm -hmm. i i was working in the speaker room with there's two speakers for every session and my co-speaker was sitting next to me and we had to make some changes to some things and i was just flying through launch bar you know moving files changing things renaming blah 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 you know it's just all happening and and this co-speaker was sitting next to me looking at my screen and he said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he was, he was just amazed because you really can fly with one of these apps. It, once you kind of get it under your fingers and you'll be surprised at like, then someone says, get your mouse and drag something or, you know, do, it's just like, it's like dragging you back into the stone age. Yep. You got to use your cursor for stuff. You know, it's like in back to the future. Like you have to use your hands. That's a baby's toy. Yeah. Um, keyboard. I, yeah. I want to stay on the keyboard as much as I can when I'm on my Mac when I'm in the zone. And Alfred lets me do that. Did you ever see that? What was the Star Trek when they went back to you know San Francisco and Scotty holds up the mouse and starts talking into it? Exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, launchers. If you're using them, hopefully you learned a few things today to to help you get better at it. If not, uh download one. These are both apps you can do free trials on. I would recommend kicking the tires on both of them, picking the one that works for you. There's there's some great stuff in here and you can get faster on your Mac. Hopefully get your work done and get home earlier every day with something like this. Thank you to our sponsors, Sanebox, Smile, and Hover. 
We are the Mac Power Users. You can find us over at relay.fm slash MPU. Don't forget to sign up for that newsletter if you're interested. And we'll see you next week.